senorita Really nice to meet ya Have some tequila and stay This week on Squats and Margaritas, I am so excited to announce that I have worn down a guest that I've been trying to get on for months. I wanted to start this podcast so that other moms, other women could feel seen, understood, and that they're not alone. And Kendra with Anxious Moms on Instagram has the most phenomenal, relatable account that I've ever seen. Everything she says about her anxiety, I relate to, and she was anxious about doing this podcast, and I stayed on her, and I have her today. I am so excited to chat with her about how her anxiety started. For me, mine started when I became a mom, how she relates to her husband and her kids having such high anxiety. I want to have an open, honest conversation about something so many moms struggle with, anxiety. And this week I'm sipping on Golden Company Margarita because I have Kendra here with me. It's my favorite tequila, Tanteo. They're Blanco, not spicy. It's got ginger liqueur, fresh lemon juice. If you have not tried my favorite tequila, Tanteo, the perfect tequila for a margarita, go to tanteotequila.com and use Squats 10 to get 10% off your order. Here is my episode with Kendra from Anxious Moms. Hi. You're here. We did it. Nice. (laughs) What what put you over the edge? How did I get you? (laughs) I don't know. 2021, I guess. (laughs) It's a new year. Um, I mentioned in the intro, this has been a long time coming. Um, I have been a fan of you and your account for so long, and I know you don't want to do this, but this podcast, I wanted to make it so that no mom or woman ever feels alone. Um, I want it to be relatable and authentic and just share everything so that that mom that's listening won't feel alone anymore. And your account just resonates with me and obviously 210,000 other women <laughs> that follow it. <laughs> obviously, you're far from alone being an anxious mom. That's true. You are the voice for so many of us. And I first just wanna thank you for your account and what you do. How did it start? I think it was two and a half years ago when my daughter, let's see, she would have been 10 and it was actually around spring break. So it'll be three years in March. She was coming into our room at night and she was 10 at that time. And I can't sleep. And I think there's a killer in the house and she would make my husband get up and check everywhere. And he's like, we have an alarm Nobody yeah. can get in here. And so he would go check and, but then it was everything. I feel like I, I can't breathe. I feel like, and she was in sports, active kids. So first thing was maybe if I take her to the doctor, then the doctor can say, you're a healthy kid. You come to your checkups. But then I had another friend recommend a therapist for her. And at first I didn't want to tell anyone because I felt like, oh my gosh, my kid is in therapy. What a bad mom. Like, I felt like a terrible mom. Right. Wow. So I went to this therapist with her. You know, they kind of, they have you go in there with them. And then when the kids are comfortable, then you can set out. And she had, it was like a baby camera. And she always keeps that in there, you know, so the kids can kind of see, look, mom's right out here. I can have her come in. Yeah. And the first couple meetings, it was just eye-opening because the things that my daughter would say, I'm like, huh, I kind of feel like that. (laughs) Where'd you get that? (laughs) (laughs) 
And then, and then the therapist said, there's nothing, she's not crazy. She has anxiety. And I'm like, oh, mm. do I have anxiety? <laughs> right. uh-huh. I had no idea. None. It was like an aha moment. Is it hereditary? Because I am very aware of my anxiety and I am very concerned about my daughter's signs that she's showing and she's only five. Um, is it something that you inherit or is it just like my behavior is kind of rubbing off on her? <laughs> well, okay. So I did. don't, don't worry. I asked. Okay. I asked <laughs> and she said, she said it can kind of be both, you know, kind of nature versus nurture. And so mm-hmm. she said, if you can kind of look back and see, then she could, but you know what? You're the best mom for her. So you can relate to her. You can empathize. You can say, you know what? I have that too. And this is how I deal with it. And I think it makes them feel like, oh, okay. My mom has this and, and look at her. She's a good mom. It's okay. Yeah. And so that makes them feel really good. But so that was kind of the starting. I'm like, oh, but I still didn't want to like tell anyone, Mm -hmm. you know? So I started it anonymous and I just thought I'll just write some stuff. And then I think, I think I started, I finally hit publish in January. See a new year. I get, yeah, (laughs) I get get motivated to branch out. (laughs) So I think it was January, 2019. So I'd kind of been thinking about it since like June of 2018. And then January, 2019, I finally hit publish on my first blog post. And then I started with Instagram, just kind of pushing, I didn't really know what to do on Instagram. So I was just kind of pushing the blog articles there and the art. But that's really what took off was the Instagram, you know, with yes. just little memes and little kind of thoughts in my head, which that was the, I think that is the number one thing that I love the most when people are like, these are thoughts in my head. Yes. I'm like, what? Yes. I thought I was crazy. And I'm sure it's like healing for you too, to be like, oh my gosh, okay. And mm-hmm. it's healing for the person that's reading them. Yes, you're in my head. You're in all of our heads. You're saying it when other moms are just thinking it. And it just makes you feel so much better and seen. And don't you feel, um, did I send you my book? I can't remember if I did. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I had something I struggled with. Like you struggle with anxiety. I do too. But mine was like my eating disorders. Didn't you feel like once you just wrote it or said it like lighter, like just putting it out there and like to anybody that's listening, whatever you are struggling with, it's hard and as scary as it sounds and I didn't want to do it either. I was never going to tell, my book was going to be about helping women find their best selves um, later in life and nothing about my struggle. But once I wrote it, it's like, I feel like I share everything now and I'm lighter. <laughs> and I think you posted something like once you discovered that it was okay to talk about your anxiety, the second part of your life began. Mm-hmm. And I relate to that so much, like just talking about it. And you get this whole, like, you have this tribe of women now that you feel seen and understood and everybody this, you built this community, just being honest and authentic. And it's just so relatable. I want to talk to you more about your account and stuff like that, but just going back to anxiety in the first place, do you know when yours started? Because I know that mine was when I became a mom and I didn't know if that was similar to yours or you've always kind of felt anxious. Like talk about that. Well, I know that I have always felt anxious, like, but I don't know if that was part of how I was raised and, and I get it now. Like my mom was just nervous. She didn't want anything bad to happen to us. And I get it because that's how I am. So I think we would kind of go to worst case scenario with her, like, and then this could happen and then you could die. Cause my therapist spiraling. Oh my God. 
brain spirals so fast. And yes. I think that's mom's was. And so I, it was pretty young, but the thing was, is I turned it into, so I could function with it. It was basically, I was just a people pleaser. Everybody liked me. I was happy. I smiled. I like everybody who, you are so calm. I would have never guessed. And I'm like, really? Because yeah. inside, not calm. And <laughs> when I became a mom, like that was, I think maybe what sent me over the edge where it's like, oh my God, I'm a, I don't know how to do any of this. Mm -hmm. And then you have to worry about another life. Like how, yes. what if something bad happens? You know, when it was just me, it was like, okay, I can control this. You can't control everything. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what sent me over like, oh my gosh, it was so yeah. hard. And is that postpartum anxiety if you still have it? Because that's when mine started, but I, and I'm yeah. fully, like I tell, say it all the time, I'm on medication for it. Like it was something that mm -hmm. my doctor was like, Again, I was like, I was spiraling and telling about this time I was on a plane and I was the only one with my daughter. My husband wasn't with us and I flew all the time and I wasn't afraid of flying. And it wasn't really just like flying. It was more like what could happen when I'm in charge of her. And when they closed the door to the plane, I just felt like had I not been the only person that was there to care for her, I would have had a panic attack. But it was like, I knew that I only, I was the only one she had. So I would just like, look at my daughter, but I, my heart was racing so fast. And I was like, what if everybody gets up and I'm not going to be able to like get off with her. And I was explaining that to my doctor and she's like, okay, you're going through a lot right now. It's a transition time. Like my husband and I weren't getting along because we have like a crying baby. And she's like, this is not something you have to do the rest of your life, but there is something that can help you kind of balance that out. And I stayed on it because I do feel better on it now. I don't know if I'll always be on it, but that is something that has helped me. And I have to admit, I've never gone to therapy. And I know that that is something that has helped you. And that's, well, that's where I started because actually medicine makes me anxious to think about. Yeah, I, that makes sense. I was just like worried that what if I get addicted to this? What it, all of the one. And so I started with therapy, but actually like my daughter started with therapy and then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I have that. And so then I think it was June when like she went March and then I decided to go in June and I went to my own sessions and I still go, but it wasn't until I was working from home and the kids were home and I was working all of these hours and trying to do school with them. And I thought I can't, I cannot handle this everything just felt out of control. I think once you hit that point, you're just like, okay, that's it. Yeah. And then, and I said, I don't care. I need something. Let me try this. And so I got on Zoloft. I don't yeah. know what you're. That's my sertraline. Isn't that Zoloft? Yep. Uh -huh. Yep. Mm -hmm. Did you have a bit of a time where it took you to adapt to it? Cause I think the first three months were kind of hard. The first two weeks were really hard. I think it was my expectation. I was like, okay, I hear I took the, the pill. Let's go. Let's start feeling better. <laughs> so I was thinking yeah. that it wasn't working. They're like, it's, it's going to take a while to get into your system. But now, and then you can like adjust the dosage too. Cause I was like, I, I knew that what they started me on, it, it ended up not being enough. And there, cause I was like, I don't feel anything like after a couple months and I expected to. Um, and now we kind of like figured out where I need to be. <laughs> yeah. No, it's safe. Like, why is this not working? And that's kind mm. of the same with this okay, I'm just going to go a few times and then I will be cured of anxiety. Like I, I did not know that this was just like something I was going to have to deal with. Yeah. And so 
what I will say is when I started on the Zoloft, well, after it kind of started working yeah. and I balanced out, I was able to actually take parts of the therapy and like work through it. Like I know, okay, I'm going to get a little anxious now. And so I would say that therapy is so good. Like if you can use the two, mm-hmm. it, they work so well together. Why didn't I start <laughs> on this medication sooner? just too scared to, and you know, I did have, when I started talking about Zoloft or I mean anxiety medication, I did have some people comment and it made me mad where they're like, oh, that's the easy way out. And what, you be a robot? No, like, I feel like it did the opposite. Like I zoned out when I was stressed. Yes. And I have to tell you, we both know Michelle Dempsey. I had her on and she was talking, she takes it to the same exact thing. And she was like, when someone like shamed her for it, she said that her doctor explained it like this. If you have diabetes, you have to take medication to keep your diabetes under control. If you have anxiety, you take medication to keep, she's like, it's the same thing. And nobody's going to get shunned or be like, oh, the easy way out taking your diabetes medication. It's the same (laughs) thing. And I was like, yes, exactly. And that makes me think too, you running this account to like make other moms feel better. You get negative stuff like that, like trolls. Uh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who could like sh- be negative about someone that's trying to empower and make other women feel know. better? And it, like even comments like, well, if you would stop talking about anxiety, then you would stop being anxious. No, and, it helps to talk about it. I disagree. It, is, it does. I yeah. agree. And that's what I said too. It's like, no, it's the opposite. How do you handle that while we're on that? Well, on those, like it has been super nice usually other people other followers will get on there and they will comment i'm like oh i don't even have to (laughs) if i'm kind of in bad mood or you know i'm like i got this one and yeah (laughs) all about in the stories and i'll be like look let's do a whole story on this on why it's correct and i mean sometimes i'm just I, i ignore it just let it be what it is i don't I don't delete them unless it's, I mean, I haven't really had anything where I thought I should delete this. Usually people take care of it on the I comment. Yeah. People so, have your back and yep. you make it like a teaching moment. You use it as a story. Like, Hey, let's talk about this. Yeah. Um, I still have a problem with that. Like I, um, somebody else was saying too, like you could get 25 uplifting, wonderful comments and mm-hmm. then that one, and you don't only think about that one. <laughs> it's like the other <laughs> yeah. ones like you don't even see. And then Tiffany Jenkins, like another girl that I had on, she was like, I mean, she has a million followers. I said, how do you even keep up with it? And she, somebody said to her, you're replying to the negative person and all those people that sent you something positive get no response. And she was like, right. So they're like, if you're going to respond to that negative person, then you should also respond to everybody that says you're doing great because their opinion counts just as much. And she's like, when I looked at it that way, I was like, okay, maybe this shouldn't stress me out as much, even though I still have a problem. Like my book, if I get a bad book review, I'm like, Hey, like I start defending myself. (laughs) (laughs) It bothers me because it's like, this is your brand and like what you're putting out there. But again, you're putting it out there and people are going to give their opinion. Both of us are trying to empower women and Mm -hmm. And then I think other people that they're triggered by somebody that maybe they're struggling with anxiety or they're struggling with their weight or something. So something that we're doing is pinching a nerve. So then they have to say something. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the reason is, um, it bothers me. Because I have not been in therapy yet, some of the strategies that you learn to deal with your anxiety, like do you have certain triggers that you know, I got to stay away from this because it's going to happen. And then also when you feel it coming on, do you, people say like honor it and be like, okay, this is here. Does that help to kind of like recognize that you're feeling anxious? 
can you tell if you're going to start panicking yet? Like, have you noticed any signs? Like if I get to the point where I feel like I'm getting really stressed out, my lips will get kind of tingly, mm. you know, like I'll kind of be like, okay. I'm, and I think that's because like my therapist said, well, you're probably sh doing some shallow breathing. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> right. And she said, you know, like for me, when I leave work about, when I get home about 4.30, everybody's hungry and, and that stresses me out. And so she said, just know ahead of time, you are going to feel extra stressed. And so she said, maybe just let the kids get a snack. Who cares? Let them have a snack. Know that that's okay. And then if they eat dinner at six, that's fine. They don't have to eat right at five. Like I think I, I always want things hey. on a timeline. <laughs> yes. And messed up like no you cannot eat a snack because you will eat dinner at this time and yes does not work no and so she said stop with that just let them have a snack and then they will eat a little later but then everybody's you're not yelling at everyone because I do I get stressed out and then yep. I just start yelling like I get angry because like I feel like everybody's yelling and then I'm yelling and yes. then <laughs> mine is when the house is a mess and I'll like if I my husband takes them like right now while I'm doing this so say we got off here and I cleaned up the playroom. Then they come home and just trash the playroom. I'll say the playroom is closed. I cleaned it. He's like, you can't close the playroom. But when they make messes, <laughs> it makes me so anxious. And he's like, they're playing. Like, really think about this. Like, why are you so upset? And I was like, I, I feel better when my house is in order. And when it's out of order, it makes me anxious. And I get, I get on them about it. But he's like, you're closing the playroom because you're and like, he just, when he says it back to me, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. It makes sense to me, but like me stressing out about a clean house is not, I, I keep quoting every other guest I've had on, but they had such great things. She's like, you're juggling all these balls and in, in the air, you need to figure out which ones are plastic and which ones are glass and don't, yeah. drop the, don't drop the glass ones. And like, she's like plastic, your house being clean isn't a glass ball. And when you think about it like that, but to me, it was like, it, I am in a better mood and I'm less anxious when everything is in order. And when it's not, and it, I, it's out of my control, I just get, I get anxious, but it's a plastic ball. That's not gonna, and them right. having a snack or eating a little bit later, plastic ball. And that was one of the biggest things. I also read this book. I don't even remember what book it was, but when, and it's more often with women, we take things like the dirty dishes and the laundry and you actually treat them as kind of people and you feel them yelling at you. Like the dishes are like, do me. And, yeah, right. have, and so it's like, you feel like it's you have looming over you. Yes, yes. Everybody's yelling at you. Like the actual yeah. kids are fighting and yelling, but then over here, you know that those dishes need to be done. So it feels like the dishes are yelling at you and then the laundry's yelling at you. And so I feel like that's part of the problem. I want it all to be done, yes. but then I go, well, I should do it myself. So it gets done right. And yes. I, I step back on that too. Like, go ahead and put the dishes however you want them in the dishwasher. It's fine. Oh. <laughs> but I think the, the further, if you're the panic attack thing is kind of, because I've panicked a few times. And it was funny because one was, that was why I think I ended up, like, just give me some anxiety meds. I ended up going, having my husband take me into the ER. And he even told me, he's like, you're panicking. I really think you're fine. Like he told me that. And I'm like, nope, I think I'm dying. I, I, I'm just- <laughs> The brain spiral. I am sure that, yes. that I'm dying. And, 
And so he, like, my sister lives next door. And so he even called her and I talked to my sister later. She's like, yeah, he and I said, she's panicking, but I think you're, and she said, you're just going to have to take her in because it's not going to matter. <laughs> right. And so he did it. I'm like, I felt so dumb because no, it wasn't anything. they don't get it. And like, so, but then, but then I'm like, forget it. Give me these anxiety meds. I want to try them. And yeah. so that panic attack, but she did, she I asked the therapist, I said, what should I do the next time? Because I don't want to like go to the ER. And she gave me some grounding. Have you heard of like grounding techniques? No, I don't. I've and never so, done any kind of therapy on it. And so like those are, she said, if you're really like in a panic spiral, she said, you, you sometimes you need to write them down or you need to tell like your husband. So like I would tell Preston, okay, if you think that I am actually spiraling and I can't get out of it, she said, you can, there are lots of things. You can drink ice cold water. You can hold on to like ice cubes because she said like those sensations or you like pick up an object, oh, like a pillow and you describe it like this pillow is soft. This pillow is red. Like she said, you're actually taking your brain, which is, I guess it would be in the subconscious, right? Or yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know, I don't know yeah, all those things. Yeah. But anyway, she said it takes your brain where it's stuck in that spiral and then it brings you back down to the real life. And she said, usually you can get back down to where your brain's not stuck up like i'm dying oh my god and like then you keep googling and it's bad i saw that recently uh <laughs> on my real housewives uh there was an episode the girl was having a panic attack and she was like tell me five things that you see and she was like I yeah. see grass i see she's like five things that you smell and and i she was doing grounding techniques and i i didn't recognize that then but she yes knew what she was doing um, mm -hmm. you made me think of something else, your relationship with your husband, being an anxious person, like I am, I assume he's the opposite. He doesn't have the same, right? How no, does it like affect he, your relationship? He does not understand it. Like, right. 100%. <laughs> why can you just not be anxious? And you know what? He is a little anxious too. And I'm uh -huh. sure everyone is, but he like some things where I'm like, not worried I think we can balance each other out. Like, I'm like, okay, it's fine. And then he'll like question something that we're doing with the kids. Are you sure that's okay? And, are, and I'm like, oh my God, wh why did I not worry about that? And like, <laughs> he does have anxiety. Like he has some, but he is able to, uh, he kind of bottles it, you know, like I'm yes. just going to put it away and then yeah. it's gone. And I don't think, and even the therapist said like, it doesn't go away, but sometimes men just handle it differently. Like mm. they- some things they are, they're able to just say, it's fine. Whereas I will hold on to it and think about it and overthink. And, but it's hard. Like he did not understand. He didn't understand this account when I started. Now he's coming around and <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Good. I'm like, I'm doing a podcast today. Okay. So don't bother me during lunch. <laughs> yes. My husband, I still see, like, I see his like physical cues. Like when I'm, he, he's like, you're always like, so, and I, I, I said, I know, I don't like that about myself. I don't want to be that way. I've sought treatment for this, but he's so mm -hmm. like laid back that we, I mean, it's friction. And because mine has heightened so much after becoming a mom, now I have two who are, they're little, they're five and two, and they depend on me. I am just always in like a stressed state, I feel like, and he is not. So it does bring conflict into our oh, yeah. relationship. I'll be like, it's bath time, bat, go, go, go. And oh my like, God, that was me. Yes. Yeah. My daughter will be like, she, we were walking up the stairs. And she's <laughs> like, mommy. And I like 
came into the moment and was like, why am I in such a, where are we hurrying for? We have to get to the bath. Like, and she was just like, mommy, like you're being crazy. Like, and I was, I came to and was like, well, yes. Why am I always like the timeline and come on, it's bath time and go and go. And if it's not, they're not doing it at the right time. Like I am anxious. And he's just kind of like, Yes, a and like wax for my taste. Why don't you have a timeline? That's me. Like right. I, could, I could not figure it out. I'm like, why does everything seem so much easier for you? Like yes. the kids are playing and it's a complete mess, and you're perfect. Why are you okay with this mess? Yes. They don't. Do so, men no. see messes really? Like I don't think exactly. they even see it. Like I'm, he'll just be like, they're fine. And what time did they eat? Uh, I'm like, did he take a nap? Uh, and it, like around how many minutes? I mean. Like he doesn't, I, I'm like, I know he went down at two, like he slept for an hour. Like he can't give me any information. And I should just be like, thank you so much for taking the kids while I did my podcast. But he's just like, whatever. Yeah, I slept a little, ate something. <laughs> then he's not stressed. So maybe <laughs> I should take a page from his playbook. Um, and then your kids, like, how do you relate to your kids? Like, is there someone, obviously like your daughter struggles with it. Like, do you manage her differently than you have two sons? Mm -hmm. um, well, every kid is going to be different. And, you know, my son, he actually, he deals with anxiety too. And his, he would just, so he, my daughter is 13 now. My son is 10. And so she started going to therapy when she was 10. I think when she was 11 and then my son was nine, I said, why don't you come and see the therapist too? And let's just talk to her about, because he would pretend that everything was perfectly fine, but then he would just get angry, you know, and then he would always take it out on my daughter. Like, yeah, I'm just going to be, and he couldn't figure it out. So we basically, we have to deal with how each kid is. And my littlest, I feel like he might be the most like me. Mm -hmm. Like I notice he is like a little perfectionist. He doesn't want to do something until it's perfect, which is maybe why I'm like, I can't be on this podcast because what if I say something stupid? I get it. I need it to be perfect. And it's I'm funny. the same way. I know. It's funny seeing that in, in the kids. But yes, I would say definitely you're going to have parent them all differently. She's very like, timid and cautious and things really like things are too loud. She'll tell me like things are too loud and she'll start crying. And I can't, like, I don't have that. So I, right. I don't want to relate to her the wrong way and be like, mm -hmm. it's fine. If you're not supposed to tell her that it's fine, you're supposed to do a grounding technique or something else. Like I, maybe I need to go well, to therapy on how to parent. Yeah. And I think, I think number one, that you could do that. And you could even like, that's what helped me. Like, I'll, I would ask the therapist, okay, how do you think I should? And when she was able to, she worked with Maya for a while and she's like, okay. Maya? Uh-huh. That's my daughter's name. No. <laughs> yeah. Is it really? I mean, it's Amaya, but we call her Maya. Oh. <laughs> I was like, yes. wait, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yes. And so she said, Maya is very black and white. Like she sees rules. She thinks everything should be fair. And she starts getting anxious about certain things. So, and she, and I do agree with this. She said that kids are, it's so much easier for them to learn. Like us, here we are, we've already, we're kind of stuck in our way. So it takes us longer to retrain our brain. She yes. said with kids, it's much faster. And she sees little kids too. And I think she would be able to, and she probably would just, even if you find a therapist that you like, you could take your daughter in there with you and let her get comfortable. And that's, I would ask the kids, what did you do with Miss Kim today? And what mm -hmm. did you do? And a lot of it is 
she talks with me in there and then she's like, are you comfortable with mom sitting in here? And then she plays games with him. And then she's able to kind of ask him a few questions, but she said a lot of it is getting the kid comfortable with her, like how they get comfortable. And then she said, they'll kind of start opening up. Well, I, I just get so mad when this happens, or I just get so nervous. And I think with your daughter and with my, so with my son, he would get nervous, but he used sports as an outlet. And so that he wrestles and he plays football and he would get, if he loses, if he would lose a match in wrestling, cause that's like one-on-one, -on -one, he would think I'm terrible, but he could win all these other matches. And so he used that as his outlet, but then he would get super anxious at home. So I would get, get him some like fidget toys to play with, you know, like, okay. okay, when you start thinking about this, get your fidget toys. But he, so I think either finding that too, like what would be a good outlet for your daughter? Like with my son, it was sports. I mean, he loves them. And so I think when he starts getting a little anxious, he'll go down to the basement and he'll just he'll play football with himself. Like you can hear him calling. Aww. It's so cute. And I, I just like listening to him. I'm like, okay, give him. And he knows he will go into his room and kind of take a little time out. And I don't know if the therapist taught him that or what, but yeah. he kind of goes to be by himself. And my daughter, she'll just straight up. And I even, I told people, I said, Maya will if she's like lying about something or if she's nervous about something, give her until she goes to take her shower and then she'll be like, mom, can you come back here? Like she's dressed in after the shower and then she'll tell me. She's ready to spill it. <laughs> and so I think just be with your daughter, I think just be open and say, I know you're nervous, mommy gets nervous too and yeah. let's talk about it. And she even said, just have a time, like maybe it's 10 minutes every night from <laughs> which you and I probably shouldn't do the time thing because then if it doesn't happen at five, <laughs> we'll be irritated. Yes. But have one, <laughs> have 10 minutes anytime where, okay, you can come to me after bath time and, and tell me what you were nervous about. And she said some people at five, she probably, she can't write anything down, but they would have those two worry buckets, you know, where they would write down their worries into a little like a shoe box and put them in there and then say, I won't, that, that helped my um, son. A teacher actually told me that to write it in a worry bucket or, or, you know, like you could put it in a notebook, but she, she would take slips of paper and she would have her son write on there just different worries or different things that made him mad or made him feel sad. And she said, I will not read anything in here unless you want me to. But she said, she said, you know, since they are kids, she wanted to make sure there wasn't anything like yeah. really bad in there. So every now and then she'd go in there and she said, it was always just super small stuff. Like my sock was weird in my shoe all day and it made me mad, you know? And she said, usually kids have small things, but to them they're big. And so when they get a little older, they can write those down. Same with kind of what I do. Yeah. Is it that but, once you put them in there, you don't think about it anymore? Is that? Yeah. The, okay. So once That's it's in there, the, yeah, it's put like, away. Once it's in there, it's kind of out. And even the, the therapist did, she gave my daughter a little, just a blank notebook. And she said, if your word, cause the middle of the night is hard for kids the most. That's when they think about it more. Hmm. Just get up, write it down in your notebook and then talk to mom about it in the morning. Okay. I feel like she would, yeah, she'd tell me like, what, what was bothering you? Like, let's write it down. She would tell me, well, I'm definitely trying that. Thank you. How did you do with the quarantine being an anxious mom? <laughs> How did you handle that? Or are well, you handling it still? Okay. I mean, <laughs> so, so the, the 
first part, like when they did, they did like a shutdown here for like a week. Mm -hmm. I think it was around spring break. And that's even what I told my therapist. I'm like, I loved that because it was like everybody, all of us, like my, I was home. Well, my husband did, he was considered, he had to go into work, but I was already off. And so I stayed home for that whole week with Mm -hmm. the kids. And I'm like, everybody's safe and everybody's in here. The rest of the stuff. And I even had talked to her about like the very early parts with like when coronavirus came out or COVID, whatever. And I said, why am I not worried about this virus? Like everybody else's like very early. Like I remember talking to her like in February when it came out and January. And she's like, it's because, you know, you know what to do with the virus. You know how to handle a sick kid. I will, you know, that you'll take them in there. So like that stuff didn't, I I treated it as another virus. The other unknowns were what scared me more. I guess, but I'm surprised that that didn't make you be like, there's a global pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) And no, I think it's, you're good. That didn't, I I don't know why. And I asked her and she said, it's just because you kind of deal with those things. You already know what to do. Yeah. Yes. It's a global pandemic, but it's, it's a virus in your head and you know, okay, I'm going to watch my kids for these signs. I'm going to watch myself for these signs, but wow. I don't know. It, that part didn't bother me. I think now, like I was, when they started with the masks and the no masks, I was actually worried like, okay, should I, should I wear, I, I want to wear a mask, but then are people going to make fun of, you know, right when it yeah. came out when some people were wearing them, but then yep. people were making fun of them for wearing them. Like yep. that was, that was actually a harder decision for me. Like, <laughs> oh my God. And then when they're like, your kids can either go back to school or you can, they can stay home. And I'm like, I, they have to go back to school because I, I have to work and my husband mm-hmm. had to work. She said, you sometimes just have to make your own decisions and just let them be. Is That's what my therapist told me. She said, yeah. you can't, can't worry about, because those were all really hard. You know yeah. I mean? There were a lot of things that happened and I said, I don't know. I'm just, I feel like I'm checked out on everything. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to think and what to do. And so I just kind of played it day by day. And there's such but, a stigma. Like you're sending your kids to school or why aren't you sending your kids to school? Like you worry about the judgment, yes. like from everybody else, like mm-hmm. questioning your, why aren't you wearing a mask? Or like when I do hang out with people around, like just like in our neighborhood, like I think about it, but they're not wearing masks. And I'm like, are they going to be offended? And it's yes. all of the like, yeah, it's like the, the social anxiety, I guess, almost mm-hmm. of like what people will think thrown on top of the, you could get sick. So there's like lots of things to be stressing. Exactly. <laughs> All of that. That is exactly. Me. Okay. If they're not wearing a mask, then I should take mine off. So they don't think that yeah. I'm being stuck up or I'm being, you know, like, yes, you're, yes, I totally All get it. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted, I'm so glad you brought it up about working, like the working mom guilt, because yes. I am struggling so much with that right now. I didn't do any, I used to just be a stay at home mom mm-hmm. and my husband, He'll just say it, be like, you always said, all I want is to stay at home and I just want to be a mom. And then it was like, this podcast kind of fell into my lap and I was so excited to get the opportunity and I took it. And I think he's looking at me like, your kids are two and five. You can do something like this when they get older and I do it from home. So they see me and they're like, mommy, mommy, mommy. But like, I can't compartmentalize, like I'm doing work or now I'm doing kids. Like when I'm with the kids, I'm thinking about, like a, a episode that's coming up where I need to promote something and I can't turn it off and I feel like a terrible mom. And then I see like their faces, like they don't understand. I'm just like, I'm not present with them. And I know that this is, I have a responsibility to the people that I do the show for. And 
I, I enjoy it. Like it's, it's like, it's like, I feel embarrassed to say that. Like, I love doing this. I love my kids, but I need something for me. And I think you understand like, or you feel when you put something out there, like create any kind of content, you just feel like fulfilled or like you get somebody that's like, you helped me today. I feel like I'm supposed to be doing this. I also am a mom and I don't want my husband to be like disappointed. So I'm trying to do all the things and I'm feeling like what's lacking right now is my mom identity. And I'm not, you know, if my show's doing great, I haven't really seen my kids today, you know? So it's, I, I'm, I feel totally guilty about that. And it's kind of affecting my relationship. And how do you handle when you have to work versus like working mom guilt? Oh yeah. That was the number one thing. I think after I had my daughter, so I mean, 13 years ago, that was the very hardest thing. And I think that was the hardest thing on our marriage too, because like I had to go back to work only because we couldn't, we just, we felt like we couldn't make it work. Insurance was better with my work and we felt like we couldn't make it work the other way. And we would have been super struggling at that point. And so there was just so much guilt. Like how, what am I going to do now? Like, and so I, st- I remember the first day when I sent her to daycare, I felt like the worst mom, like, well, I guess they're going to be raising my kid. Then yep. I'm not. And I cried when I went to work and then, I, but I had such an understanding boss still have the same boss today, you know, 13 wow. years later. And he is wonderful. And if you need to go, go, he let me change my hours. I worked less hours at the beginning wow. because it was really hard. And then, you know, I mean, I've had two more kids since then. It got a little bit easier with each kid like letting go of that guilt. But mine was more like, I felt like my mom was going to be disappointed because she stayed at home. Yes. And so I thought she's going to, she stayed at home. She, that's, that's what women do. They want to stay at home. And I did want to stay at home, but I also needed to work. And I am so glad. Like, it's like, I wouldn't be where I am now if I didn't go through all of that. Then I don't think I'm so glad. Like I learned so much going to work. And while it was so hard, like I did that to myself. My mom never once thought I was a bad mom for it. I thought that, like I thought she was going. And I think that's how it is with all of us. Like with the guilt, we put that on ourselves. Like the kids are seeing you be successful. Your daughter's going to think I can be a, I can be a mom and I can work. I can do both. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're like, I guess I never saw it. And, you know, she, my mom was a nurse. She, she did go, she went back to school when we got a little bit older and she always had side businesses, but she stayed at home with us, you know, like she did all of that around us. Whereas I had to, like, I was the first of the kids to send my kid to daycare. And I just felt like such a failure. Like, I I can't even be a good mom. You know, I mean, it was, was, you're thinking other moms are working from home and their kids are there and they're getting stuff done. Like, I don't need to work on time management. I don't get anything (laughs) done. Nothing. Like I I start something and then, because I have one still in pull-ups, like I'm helping him. I mean, they, they're, they depend on me, which I guess that's my husband's point. Do this later. But it's not also like, I'd be like, I'm so excited for this opportunity. Could you get back to me in three to four years when like I took it and I don't, I don't regret that, but I. I think because I think when you react to how somebody's talking to you, it's because you maybe feel that way too. So like, yes, feel guilty. So when he's like, maybe you shouldn't have a job when you're when you take a job when you have a two year old. I'm like, like that wouldn't have affected me so much if I didn't feel that way too. But I do one hundred percent. 
Yeah. And my mom, so like I worked from home it? last week with it. My mom and my mom's like, you're on your phone a lot. And I'm like, I'm not scrolling Instagram. Like my business is on my phone and I'm promoting and I have to post certain things for different brands at certain times. Like I'm working. And if I would go to a job, like an office, excuse me, if I went to an office, nobody would question that. But because I'm here doing it, people are like, oh, you're not like my mom or my husband would say, you're on your phone a lot or you're, I have a job. And then the other thing is we didn't send them to school because of the pandemic, because I'm here. And I think maybe I'm just stressing myself out now because it's the pandemic. Like they will go to school eventually. I can get my stuff done and then be locked in with them after school. But right now I have them full time, except for like, I'll take them if I have something like this. And I'm trying to do like run a brand and I asked for it. Like, he's like, do you need to do this? But I feel like I, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so, yes, hundred percent. That's how I feel with this too. Like, yeah. I feel like, Yes, you should, Kendra, we need you. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but I feel 100% the same way. Like, I've got a job. He's got a job. I don't know how you do We that. don't need this for that, but I need it for me. Like, yes. this is 100%. I feel the same way. Like, I feel like this is my calling. Yes. Like, I don't It is, 100%. And then I, we, we meet each other and we find other people. Yeah, it is, it is your calling. Don't you ever stop that page. <laughs> we all need you. Um, I feel like I got everything that I want to talk Great. to you about. Yay. The only thing I can think of is like how you would handle any mom that's feeling that pressure to be the perfect mom. Like I know that's an anxious thing and comparing to other moms, mm -hmm. I guess, like kind of what you were just saying. Um, I, I mean, I 100%, I wish, and that is one of the biggest reasons I started this page. Because after I kind of got into it, I said, okay, I am going to, and I told my husband, I said, I am going to continue this page because when... Maya gets older, and even when Maddox and Maverick, when they get older, too, if they have kids, I mean, I'm not saying they don't have to have kids, but, you know, when they become parents, I don't want them to feel like because they're anxious about something, they're a bad parent. So yeah. talk to someone, like, just even say it out loud, tell it, like, I was too scared to even tell, like, my doctor that I was worried about things. So I'd just be like, no, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. It's I'm a good mom. I'm sure. You know, and then I would worry like, why didn't I wish I did what you did? Like, good for you. When you told them about the plane, mm. like, I wish I could have done that. Things would have been, I think so different. If I would have just said, I'm really anxious about going back to work and I'm really like, just say it, tell someone. And yeah, that's what I would say. Like, you just need to whether it's a doctor, whether it's a friend, have someone who, and I know it's always scary because you're like, they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think I'm a bad mom. I think you just need to say it out loud. Or, I mean, they can just start an anonymous Instagram page. Yeah. <laughs> that someday we'll have 210,000 followers. That's yeah, what it is. You're scared to say it. But then when you say it, it's, it's your surprise. Everybody's like, me too. And then you're like, oh, what? Yes. Like, okay, so it's scary, but you'd be surprised how many women are dealing with the same exact thing. Kendra, anxious mom, <laughs> thank you so much for agreeing to do it. It wasn't as bad as you thought, I hope. I think I need to go to therapy because she's got all these techniques that I could use for myself, that I could use for my daughter. I hope you left this episode feeling a little less alone. That's exactly what I wanted from this podcast. Kendra was my ideal guest. Thank you, Kendra, for being so authentic and real. And thank you for listening. If you still haven't tried my favorite tequila, Tonteo Tequila, the perfect 
tequila for a spicy margarita, go to tanteotequila.com and use Squats10 to get 10% off your order. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to the Squats and Margaritas podcast so you never miss an episode. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podcast One. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.